Hey God, thank you for this awesome opportunity to come into your presence as a family. And Father, I pray that every single one of us will have fun, but also get to have another revelation of how approachable you are, Lord. How much you love us, God. And I pray that every single one of us walk out of here changed in Jesus' name. Awesome. Amen. Well, hey guys. Man, I'm, I've got a funny story for you guys tonight. But I think you guys can relate to it. Like everyone approaches things differently. Like if you guys have those friends that you look like and you see them approaching a problem and you're going, that is just, how do I put it? Alternative. When you have like a real straightforward problem and you're going, bro, what are you doing and what are you thinking about? So I've got a bit of a story for you guys tonight. I'm like, it reminded me of this hilarious time as with the passage we're going to jump into. It reminded me of this. It was with me and my family. We're all going at the beach, and it was a lovely, hot summer's day at the beach. Like, you can imagine it, right? You're just sitting there with the sand supporting your back as you go and sunbathe on your towel. It's beautiful. Sunglasses on. You look up, and you see the sun lazily floating on the blue sky, right? You know, one of those days. It's beautiful, right? And suddenly, out of the corner out of your eye, you see a color similar to the color of my shirt. And you're like, what? And of course, doing anyone as they would in sunbathing to do the classic with the sunglasses so you can go and check out what's happening and you're like, hold up, wait a second. And as you look, you see this lovely foreign couple with an inflatable boat and their um, four-year-old son. Except the boat wasn't inflated, but they're about to try. And of course, as any um, Kiwi would, I got up and go, this is going to be good to watch. <laughs> so you go and see these guys and they're already like, you know those families that are so prepared, it's like their togs are wearing togs. This is one of those families right now. These guys already, and before the thing's even inflated, they're in their full massive life jacket ready. And then they go and get the world's smallest pump <laughs> to go and fill, um, fill up this massive boat. Like one of those ones you can fit like um, four people in if you really wanted to with the paddles. Well, these guys go, and the, and the man, of course, gets the pump and just starts going at it. After 20 minutes, he was tired. So as any man would, he goes and gives it to his wife. And for the next hour, he let his wife try and pump it. The point she got so desperate, she started using her mouth instead of the pump to pump this darn thing up. And we're just sitting there like, you know, the smoke is slowly starting to creep off across, across your faith and face. Faith, what the face, and you're getting, and you're like, I know I probably shouldn't be laughing, but this is so funny. And they finally get it ready. And the wife, of course, wasn't in tog. She wasn't going to have a swim. She was, she wanted to just go and watch them get in the boat. So they get the boat out, and this beach had no waves at all. But as they were going out, a boat had gassed it past really fast. So it happened to be just as they get this boat in the water with their four-year-old son in it, and they're just about to get in. The wife gets absolutely hammered by a rogue wave in her clothes fully and washes up on the beach. And now we're starting to laugh. Like, you're going, okay, this is so bad. And they, go, they finally get in this boat and start getting out and paddling. Well, the guy didn't actually know that you're supposed to paddle backwards in the boat. But anyway, the wind finally decided to pick up and started pushing them out to sea a little bit. So he thought he was doing well. Meanwhile, as paddles are just doing the YMCA moves, he didn't actually know how to paddle the thing properly. So by now, we're actually like having a full-on giggle, and you're laughing. And the guy thinks he's doing really well, and he suddenly realizes he's 100 meters offshore, and the wind's blowing him out to sea, and he doesn't know what to do. So you, just, you can see like the wife's starting to panic on the thing, and we're just now we're starting to laugh. Like you can't, like rolling, a whole family giggling, going, oh, this is a train wreck. 
he wasn't going to drown yet, so I was okay, guys, don't look at me like that. None of that. It was okay. And this guy starts paddling, and he goes hard as he can, finally figures out, gets 10 meters to shore, and he's tired, and he stops. So the wind blows him all the way back out again. And now, oh, we're crying now this time. And he goes and he tries again. So what happened is finally after watching this for another 20 minutes, I decided that I'd go and swim. And yes, I swam and pulled the boat back in. <laughs> That's how like, light it was. It was, like, it was so terrible. Like this guy was just, he had a physique smaller than mine, which I can tell you is a challenge. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but this poor guy, finally, after all this, he got in there and we saved the poor guy. But you know those friends though, right? We all have them. We just look at them and you're like, what are you doing? This is one of those times, and I know some of you may be sitting next to those friends, so please look at me. Don't look next to them. That can make it really awkward. But today, we're going to go and look at problems, because I don't understand how people's approaches just change so fast, when at the start it seems normal. Like if I gave you one plus one, surely you guys are going to go, sweet, we've got a one, and a one, we're going to put them together, equals two. If you've got a window, you're about as old as the jokers because no, well, no windows actually ever cross anymore. So anyway, so like we've got a window, right? <laughs> like you've got a two. But look at it. If I go like this now and make the problem a little bit harder, what about stress? How do you deal with stress? And suddenly <laughs> people will go and they'll start going to ice cream. Some people booty drop. I don't know what that'd be. Um, it's like, and actually going along. But seriously, you get a people really going, having all these random different approaches to stress. And it's so funny, our approaches are all different. So tonight we're going to look at a certain passage in the Bible, and it's the centurion's faith. If you guys got your Bibles, you can jump to Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 10. We're going to have a little dive in there, because you see three real distinct approaches, how these guys come to try to approach God. And oh my goodness, it's interesting, <laughs> to say the least. But we go and look at it. So I've got the things, um, the verse way up here for you, if you don't want to have a on your phone. So here we start, and it says this. When Jesus had finished saying all, these, all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. So what had just happened, if you guys are wondering for the context, he had just preached his breakout sermon. This is the podcast everybody wanted to download. And in fact, we don't have the podcast, but we do have the transcript in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, um, 5 to 7. If you guys want to read it, that, that's his massive sermon. Um, it's got the Beatitudes in, a whole lot of other stuff. And it was huge. Basically, he got a whole region and they came out to him and listened to him on this uh, mountain that's now called the Sermon of the Mount, right? So he had a massive day preaching. He had a big day and he's like, okay, phew, I'm really tired, so I'm going to go back to the city and hopefully have some rest. And what happens next is there's a centurion servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. Interesting, right? You're like, okay, cool, centurion. But if we know anything about the Roman culture at the time right now, they were occupying by force Israel. So the centurion... As um, Sean Brooker said this morning, no, he wasn't running a pizza parlor. It's because he was occupying the town and bossing it around. So it's quite interesting to see this situation. You see this guy coming there, and this is kind of the first time you see Jesus interacting with the non-Jews, the Gentiles in this book. So it's like, okay, what's going to happen next, right? The centurion had heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. With the cultural um, like background I just told you, that sounds crazy right now. So this guy who's known to be an absolute egg, the people would have hated him. 
right? The tax collectors who um, were Jewish, right? They'd give the taxes to the Romans. They would get absolutely ridiculed by everyone else because it's like, you betrayed our people. What are you doing partnering with the Romans? And this guy somehow gets the elders of the town to come to Jesus. So in my head, I'm like, okay, there has to be two only options here for us to understand what exactly is going on. Either one, he's told them to do it, and if they don't, they're going to get in trouble and killed. So that, yeah, that's a pretty good motivator. Turns out death does actually make you work harder. Or two, for some reason, he's actually respected by these guys, and they decide to go. Because so, it just doesn't make sense. Why the heck would a centurion, first of all, ask Jesus to come? Well, actually, 11 of the miracles that Jesus performs in the Gospels, right? 11 of them are in this place. And just before this, you find out, um, like a couple of times before, actually, in a couple of chapters, you find out that um, Jesus had healed um, a Pharisee or like one of the town officials' sons. So this guy's probably interacting in the same circles as Sean Vicar said in the morning. It's quite interesting. So okay, so he knows this guy, Jesus, heals, but for some reason can get these guys to go and ask. And this is what they said. So when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. What? <laughs> okay, now it's getting weird. If this guy, like the Roman gods, they would have believed them. It's quite weird for them to come here and go, oh, yeah, sweet, okay, I'm going to believe the Jewish God. So for this, you actually can see the centurion wasn't a normal guy. For the elders actually to say he loved our nation, I don't have a feeling that the centurion told them to say this from what you hear him say later in the story. So he's actually quite a humble guy, you see. So for this to happen, you can see this guy really actually cared about the town and built their synagogue, which is basically their community hub. It was like this um, church at the time. It was a huge center. And you see this guy go and ask. And you look at this. And if you read just this, you can make a mistake. You can look at it and for some reason think that Jesus came because this guy was a good person. Isn't that our thing we always go? Our first approach. Sometimes it can be this like, oh crap, I've got a problem which is bigger than one plus one. What am I going to do? I've got stress. I've got this financial situation which I nearly really need breakthrough here, God. What am I going to do? Oh, well, God, I've, I've been nice to people this week. I've been complimenting them. I haven't been such an egg. I haven't insulted everyone I've come across. Surely, God, you'll be nice to me. Oh, and God, I've even kept up with my assignments. I've even read my Bible every day. So surely, God, you go and do your breakthrough for me. Please go and answer my prayer. And even better, God, I've even prayed once a week. Actually, I'm counting this one time as this week's, but still, God, I'm praying. Come on, God, please. Surely you're going to go and answer my prayer and it'll be amazing. I need this breakthrough. I need this money. Otherwise, my family won't be able to feed themselves. And it's like, what? What? Why? That's the opposite of the gospel. (laughs) We've missed the point. Like Jesus doesn't do it because of what we do. It's because of who we are. And he he says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So clearly it's not because of who we are. And what I mean, um, clearly it's not because of what we've done. Because just one thing, if God's perfect, if you make one mistake, uh uh-oh, you don't count. You're not worthy anymore. It's crazy. So these guys go and plead to Jesus, right? You see them pleading and you're like, why? Why would you do this here? And for me, I actually had a similar experience recently. 
I caught myself with this approach of coming going, God, I'm a good person. Surely you can help me out. Well, I've, I've had the privilege in my life to see really cool healings, amazing miracles that God's done as I've prayed and seen Holy Spirit just show up in radical ways. And recently, I haven't actually hadn't seen that much. And I was kind of like, oh man, God, this sucked. Like, I want to see people heal and everything. Like, it'd be real cool. And I'd actually even prayed for people and nothing happened. I was like, come on, God, like surely. But what happened was um, this guy, Andrew from my church, actually, I don't know if you're here tonight, but like he decided to come up to me and he goes, hey, I'd love it if you could pray for me. I know that you've seen some cool healings. And I was like, cool. Like, you know, putting this thing going, hopefully it works this time. But like, <laughs> cool. And I just started praying out of experience rather than faith. Of going, yeah, God, I lift up Andrew for you. Um, heal his toe. Yeah, oh, awesome. Please, God. I hope, because I know he needs to go back to work and he needs to drive and everything. And I was like, oh, please. And like, I... I I fully prayed, and I, I was trying, but as, the, like, as we went home, because we, we didn't actually have full pain really change at all. <laughs> like, he did have a little bit of pain go, but nothing was fully healed. We needed to go and actually get an x-ray, which he wasn't going the next day, and I was going that night, God, Andrew's a good person. <laughs> Surely you'll heal him. Surely, God, please, I- I've been praying to you. Surely, God, you can do this for me. I just, like just to encourage me a little bit. Like his, his livelihood's important. He needs to be healed right now. Please, God, come through. And he's like, Kathan, <laughs> if it was that, you know what you did before you came in a relationship with me. There was no way I would even want to talk to you. But it's because I see that, but I choose you anyway. Yeah, it's love of going, I see that, but I love you anyway. Like often we can see things like art and you get these real weird paintings. I'm going, that is not art. That is a toilet and you've called it a fountain. <laughs> like you, you, you guys know that a piece of art, right? And I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding. That is, that's just gross. <laughs> Why would you even want to look at my That is just beautiful. Oh man, the wholesome culture. Like honestly, you, you look at it. But the thing is, beauty is often and value is found in the eye of the beholder. For some reason, people actually go, that's incredible. And actually, like, they really like it and they'll pay so much for it. Jesus did that for us. Yeah. He looked at us and go, do you know what? Some people don't even want to eat lunch with you, but I see that value and I think you're incredible. I want to be in a personal relationship with you. So Jesus is love here. When we approach him, let's actually realize it's not because of how good we are. It's because of how good he is and how he paid the price for us and covered all of us and all of our mistakes, we actually could be in a relationship with us. So that's the first approach that we're looking at. And let's carry on and see what happens, eh? So he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him. And they said, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. What? So you're telling me <laughs> you got Jesus to come all the way in the town. They walk all the way across town. And he almost said, I oh, actually, no, don't come in. Please, yeah, please don't. Um, yeah, because I'm not actually worthy. And he goes like, that is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. That's real interesting. Like for me, I'm like, isn't that a missed opportunity to meet Jesus? I'm like, yo, I don't care. Like, because often in those times with hospitality, he would have a dinner, hang out with him for a little bit, watch his feet like, I'd be keen, like, especially for this guy to actually meet someone who no one to do miracles. I was like, that sounds amazing. But this guy's got humility here. And looking at humility, 
if we pull it back and have a look at ourselves, what do you find? Because I don't know if that was humble, what the guy did. I'm not too sure. I don't actually know. I wasn't there in the context. Like Maybe it was, um, as Sean Brooker suggested, maybe he didn't actually want to go and host him. Or maybe it was he truly believed that he wasn't worthy to have this guy at his house. But often New Zealand, I just find a whole lot of false humility. Tall poppy syndrome. It's so interesting that we just want to cut people out. So instead, we do like fake humble. Like fake humble. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, I didn't even do well in that test. Bro, you got A plus. Shut up. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, I could have tried a bit harder. And everyone's like, who got lower than you? You're like, thanks so much. <laughs> like, you know, and stuff like that. And a whole lot of things. I feel with our relationship with God, even, we approach it in such a like careless way of going, oh God, I'm so sorry. I've stuffed up again. But you'll heal me because you're awesome. Yeah, sweet. So I've just come again. It's like, come back. Oh, I've stuffed up. Sweet God, so keep please forgive me. Oh, dang, I've stuffed up again. God, keep please come and forgive me. And it's so ridiculous. Like, I found myself embarrassingly so, and my Activate group know, know this, so don't laugh too hard. I had, like, I'm in the worship team. I love drumming and everything. But there was a song that was getting on my nerves. And I was like, why do we even do this song? <laughs> and like, I was just getting so frustrated going, God, this is just cheesy. I'm sick of it. Like, why do we even do it? How, how are people supposed to worship you with this? Um, there's no way I'm singing it. Like, like, <laughs> and what happened though is I got hit up by God. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right, Kathan, because I forgot worship's all about you, isn't it? I was like, Oh, like, it just hit me and realized this thing, the audacity of me to complain how we worship God, right? It's about Him. And so it happened to be the next week that song came up and I was drumming. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I can do this, right? And I, and I messaged, I'm like, Liam, happened to be on bass with me. And I was like, bro, you know what? Even though you know I'm not a fan of this song, I need to worship God with everything because this is not about me. And actually went, okay, okay, God. And I had a ball. Like, if you guys were watching my facial expressions, as all drummers have, I was really going like, while I was making those films. Like, I, was, I was having a good time. Like, it was amazing. And I actually realized, far out, this false humility of thinking that I can just show up to God's presence and expect Him to be there. This thing that I expected God to only want to listen to the worship I wanted to listen to. It's not about um, me. I realized that like um, C.S. Lewis here has got an incredible definition. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Because there's no point in having low self-esteem. That just sucks. That's not humility. <laughs> That's what tall, tall poppy syndrome suggests. It's like, oh, no, nah, um, you have to be useless. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's like, no, that's not the truth. Actually, we know that because of Christ, we are more than conquerors. Because of Christ, we are children of God, which is so amazing, right? And it's not like I go and cut myself down to be like, oh yeah, God, it's just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, yeah, I was, but because of what God's done now, it's incredible. But instead it's going, actually, God, with the worship, it's about you. I want to worship you. I want to honor you. And when I go and see someone who actually is um, really hungry, and like, man, I know that they've forgotten breakfast, right? I did this the other day to my supply chain head tutor. I'd gone in and I knew that she had a real busy day and I dropped off the marking. So I was like, I had my lunch. And God's like, I feel like you should give it to her. 
And I was just like, what? No, I'm hungry. Like, like clearly I need to eat more. Like, something, please help me, God. And he's like, no, 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 Kathan, just do it. And so I left her a note and I was like, hey, Danny, like, here's um, the marking. I've all done it. I know I did it a lot earlier because she didn't even expect me to finish it, but I did. And then I go, and yeah, here's my crackers and lunch. And it happened to be that, yeah, she had forgotten her lunch and thanked me and did like a massive post in the tutors thing, like, hey, you're awesome. And I was like, oh, stop it. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, like, I totally wanted to do that. I was so thankful doing that. I just like, actually, it's thinking about others here. But when we approach God, let's not take his presence for granted. Like opportunities like this with an incredible worship band, let's not take it for granted. The ability to just come to God and go, God, I'm having a stink day. And he goes, man, that sucks. And he actually can talk with us in that. The Holy Spirit can comfort us in that. That is mind-blowing. Like in the Old Covenant, before Jesus, right, these poor dudes have to sacrifice like an animal every time just to be right with God. Like, and there was one time that the highest head priest would get to go once a year in the presence of God in this room they called the Holy of Holies, where his presence would be, right? One time a year. And they literally tied a rope around him just in case he offended God. So if he died, they could drag him out. <laughs> like, seriously, that's, that's like, I'm glad I don't have to do that. We have this incredible privilege to encounter God in our bedrooms, to encounter God in the car with worship music. We have the incredible privilege to pray to God anytime and you'll hear that prayer whether you believe in God or you don't. What a privilege. And the audacity of us to just go, oh yeah, of course he's going to come. Of course you're going to forgive me. I deserve this. How funny is it that that approach actually links back to the, but I'm a good person. Arrogance stems out of false humility. We need to catch ourselves. So if we, when we're going to approach God, we have to realize, let's not actually take his presence for granted. So anyway, back to the story, guys. But say the word, this is the centurion speaking, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Hold up. <laughs> Did you, like, this guy, has got, he's invited this Jesus who's supposed to do a miracle for him. And did you know this has never happened before in the whole entire Bible yet at all with Jesus? No one knew this was possible. And he goes, I know that if you just say the word, he could be healed. What faith. Like if we can get in here and go, like, okay, cool. He talks about the military um, thing as a metaphor, like kind of thing. Like, okay, I understand this. I get it. I, I get it. But I feel like often yeah, we can go on autopilot and we're like, yeah, if I tell this one, come and go, wait a second. You just said, if Jesus says, I oh, yeah, be healed, that your servant, a couple of blocks down, is suddenly going to be healed like that? That is a miracle. Right now, this guy has so much faith, honestly. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Jesus, as Sean said this morning, there's two times it says he's actually amazed by faith. One of them, he was amazed at the lack of faith. <laughs> The only other time that he was actually amazed by their faith is here, to this Gentile. who wasn't even a Jew, right here. And it says, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. 
So this guy preaching to the Jews, who he's supposed to be, he's only been interacting with the Jews, right? It's like, man, I haven't seen this in all of Israel. That's almost like, oh, you guys just got roasted. Your Messiah doesn't even like, think you have good enough faith. <laughs> it's like, ouch. Seriously, and it's like, then he, the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Wow. Imagine the walk back. You don't know. You've just been told by a mate. Yeah, go and tell um, this Jesus guy because I, I don't feel like I should go to him because I'm not worthy enough. <laughs> These guys are walking back going, oh, he's not going to be happy. <laughs> if not, what happens if the servant dies? And they're just walking this weird walk of unbelief. You know, like you're going, oh, the thoughts. And they just had to go back in faith. It's incredible what happens when we actually approach God with faith. And that is how we need to approach God when we come with him. When we go... Have faith that he actually knows what you're about to ask before you even say it. Have faith that he's got the answer. Oh gosh, that was a lot of spit. I apologize, fellas. Um, Basically, actually have the faith that God has our victory and our answers before we even know it. Before even the problem has even come, he's like, you know, I, well, I know that financial thing was going to come. I'm here. I've got your breakthrough. Just come to me. Actually believe that I'm going to come and experience you. It's going to be amazing. Just come to me with faith. Because often we get a situation and I just start complaining to God, going, oh my gosh, Jesus, this is so hard. I don't know what you're going to do. Like, I hope you have the power to do it. It's like, that's fine. He only's like raised people from the dead and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> hopefully he's got enough for my parking spot. <laughs> it's like, really, come on. It's like, we have to approach God with faith and with the victory in mind. But so often we come with like, oh, please, God, I don't even know if you're going to do it. Or, God, of course you're going to do this. Um, but with the big stuff, oh, I'm not too sure about that. If we actually look back, I love what Psalms 139 says. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from far. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And we would be so bold to be like, oh, I don't know if he can come through. I don't know if, God, you're big enough for this situation. Like Pastor Ray Andrews last week said it so well. If the crisis that you're facing is bigger than your belief um, system, you got, you're basically screwed. <laughs> you're in a problem. <laughs> if you've got um, a crisis which is equal to your belief system about how big God is, right? You've got a struggle. But if your belief system and who God is is greater than your struggle, you've got peace. You're good. It's so good. If only we would come to God and approach Him with faith actually realize he loves us so much and cares so much for us. He wants to encounter us and he has the victory. I love one of this, you know when you have those golden thoughts, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to quote this, put this on Instagram. You know, something like that. It's seriously like, yep, I know I just did that. It was seriously, this was one of my moments because I was 12, okay? I was 12, so that's why I could whip because I went and I was like, do you know what? Guys, it's no coincidence that God is always undefeated and we are made for victory. I thought I was so smart. But, and, like, and I was like, so cool. And I did actually post on Instagram. Don't, look, don't at me, though. <laughs> like, um, seriously, like, I did. And I was like, actually realizing it now, 
It is the truth, even though it sounds kind of cringe. <laughs> it's the truth that it is no coincidence that God is always undefeated. In every single situation, no matter where you are, God is there and He is your breakthrough. Sometimes we just got to boldly approach His throne with faith, like the centurion. It's incredible what He did. In fact, I love it how, like, now that miracle happened, it gave permission for even crazier miracles to happen later. Like with Paul, he was touching hankies, and those handkerchiefs would get passed on, and if someone got touched by it, they were getting healed from sicknesses. That is incredible. Like, it's crazy. And it's like, man, because he had bold faith, yeah, he did miss the opportunity to come and meet Jesus, but far out. Imagine what would happen in your life if you changed your approach. Imagine how your stress would just slowly decrease as you realize, hey, I don't have to do this by myself anymore. <laughs> I got God. Hey, oh, thank you, Father, that there was an amazing opportunity that I actually can come into your presence. And even though the situation looks pretty scary right now, I can trust you. I actually have a cool testimony of faith. That I, was, I was talking to Dad about it before. I wasn't sure if I was going to share it, but I feel like I should share it now. Um, we were in Mexico, and um, we'd been flying back. So we'd finally made it to America, and we're supposed to fly back. And Dad had work the next day, so we needed to fly back then, except the flight got cancelled. And we're like, oh, great. And we, you know, you have to find a hotel and everything. It was like, not good. And everyone was stressing out. But for some reason, I don't know why, but I was just like, no, we're getting a flight back tonight. And everyone's like, mum and dad were still like, mm, like, awesome, good on you, buddy. <laughs> like, 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 and I'm like, no, no, I just feel like we've got, I, I, I feel like God's going to give us a flight, right? So we went to Qantas and Hope because they're like the partner airline for these guys. And they're like, what can you do? And they're like, oh, sorry, no, we can't take you because you guys use airpoints. So nah, not happening. And we're like, oh, gosh. And, we're starting to and I was like, nah, I've just got a feeling God's going to take us in this one. What happened? was Air New Zealand offered to take us. And it was a better airline than what we're going on. So we got way better seats, no stopover in Fiji for 10 hours, for the thing, and we got to go. So we actually ended up there three hours earlier in New Zealand than what we would have for this flight. And I was like, wow. At 12, year old, I was so stoked. I was like, man, just because I just approached God and go, no, I feel like God's got this. I feel like God actually wants to encounter us.